There are many ways to feed who you are as a person. And finding those places professionally are important and finding those things personally are equally, if not more important. And if you don't have a job where you feel like you are bringing your whole self and, and working from a place of strength, then finding that passion project, uh, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, is, is truly important for you. You have to feed your strengths and operate from a place of strength and energy in some facet of your life. Community Good, the podcast that shares powerful lessons to help you navigate the life you want. I'm your host, Marnie Andes. In this episode, you'll hear from Jennifer Long, a mom, wife, and sales leader who added the title of animal rescuer five years ago when she purchased five and a half acres outside of Seattle and founded the Muddy Pug Farm and Sanctuary. Initially dedicated to providing sanctuary to animals, Jen's passion project has provided lessons for her, her family, her team, in the community. Jen is an example that following your passion is essential, offering lessons to practice in all other aspects of life. And now, my conversation with Jen Long. Thanks, Jen, so much for joining me. I am really, really excited to share all the incredible work that you do with the listeners. Um, So thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share what we do. And I know people can't see you, but you're like in full farm gear as you said it to me. So I cannot (laughs) wait for us to get into this today. I wish they could see you because like that's super important, but we're going to make sure everybody has links to all your stuff and your podcast and we'll talk about it throughout the show. But um, I love it. I love that you came to the show authentically today. (laughs) We, we, We have to show up as ourselves. Right, right. Well, that's actually one thing I wanted to start with, which is I love your bio that you sent over to me. And you actually started out as saying that you are a mom, you're a wife, you're an animal rescuer, and you're a sales leader. And I would actually add that there are other things like community advocate, you're a philanthropist. I mean, there's, I know that that even isn't comprehensive when I add those things, but I definitely see that in you. And, you know, having only known you for a couple of years, I'm actually really I'm just so incredibly impressed by all the work that you do. And I would love to start with the title Animal Rescuer and why is that such a meaningful title for you? Um, it's, it is an incredibly meaningful title for me because as I think about the passions that I have and my, my LinkedIn profile is very intentional about how I prioritize my life and Um, of course my title of mom is a a huge priority. Being a great partner to my husband is a huge priority, but beyond how I serve the most important people in my life, sort of serving myself and the passion that I carry for animal rescue is a fundamental part of who I am. Um, I very much believe in animal rescue as a way to help beings that have no voice in the way that they're treated in the lives that they live and 
for me, uh, especially someone coming from a very troubled and difficult childhood where as I was growing up, um, my brother and I both very much felt like we didn't have a voice in how we were treated or things that happened. Um, rescuing animals for me helps to heal that deep, deep wound that I carry. And it's a way for me to heal myself and provide a, a service to other beings that don't have a voice because I know how that feels. I know how that helplessness feels. I know, um, how traumatic that can be. And I really want to serve in a way that, that provides respite for, for animals from living that life. And, um, I, I often get asked for, for people that know me really well and know my background, like, why don't you work with at-risk youth or why don't you work with kids coming out of traumatic situations? Um, for me, that hits a little too close to home. Uh, and I've, I've definitely made an intentional choice to focus on animals. Um, and we all get to kind of serve in our own way. Well, I, I mean, part of this podcast is just being able to learn things from people that I've been connected to. And I had, I had no idea that was the background on it. So I think it's an incredible, incredible piece of this being able to to do the work and how it connects to you i know that it you haven't had the sanctuary for a really really long time but i just i know the story now and and some of it how it's connected for you but what what was the passion or what was that point where you decided i need to do this it's interesting when i um when I first began a leadership role, it was my first uh, leadership role, I was assigned to work with a leadership coach to help me become a better, uh, a better leader. And in my work with her, uh, she asked me, you know, if you weren't I work in the insurance business, which, you know, no one aspires to work in the insurance business. But, but we're glad people like you are in it because we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> it, is, it is a fascinating business to work in, but uh, I, I wasn't five years old, you know, drawing pictures of myself delivering insurance policies. So, you know, bless her. She said, you're, you're in this business um, and, and it's probably not your true passion. So if there was anything else that you could be doing outside of this business, what would you be doing? Um, and at the time, uh, we're huge dog lovers. And I said, gosh, I would have a rescue focused on pugs, which is um, what we have five dogs and four of them are pugs. And I said, gosh, I would, I would have a pug farm. And so she said, well, let's like, let's really think about making that happen. And in my work with her, really challenging myself to understand sort of who I am and what my passions are and how you balance those when you have a professional job that is maybe not the full expression of your passions. How do you understand yourself, find your passions, and then bring those into reality was a huge focus of my work with her. 
And over two years being a single mom, I scraped together enough money to put a down payment on a farm that I found outside of, of uh, Seattle. We're about 25 miles in rural King County. And when I first bought the farm that we now call the sanctuary, um, I had fully intended to open a dog rescue. But it's a great lesson for me in even as you have a goal in being open to understand uh, that there are many ways to fulfill a goal. And so as I got to live on the farm and, you know, the farm has a huge barn. We have cow sheds, outbuildings, uh, ice houses. Uh, we have tons of pasture areas. It became clear that the highest purpose and the highest use of the farm was to rescue and, uh, and save farm animals. That's really what the farm is built for. And so, um, I think an important step for us was pausing and sort of recalibrating what meeting this goal meant. And it became clear that in order to really fulfill our purpose was to let the farm be a sanctuary for farm animals. And I purchased the farm in April of 2018. And uh, we took our first, uh, I took my first sort of farm animal care class in the summer of 2019. And that's when we started bringing on our first farm animals. And the sanctuary was um, sort of formally founded and received its nonprofit status in the summer of 2020. Well, it's incredible where, first of all, I love the story around it came through a work opportunity where you were, you know, meeting with a coach and I've had, a, you know, a past coach on the podcast. I've coached people too. And I love hearing stories like this where, that coach is far more than just helping you do good work in the job that you're in. They're trying to help you think about your life and where you can do some incredible work. So it's, it's awesome that it led you to this. I, I always think about when there's new ventures like this and you already talked about, you took some classes, like whenever somebody goes on a new venture, there's always incredible lessons. And I'm just wondering what was maybe something that, surprised you about taking this on or was was really hard or a challenge when you started going down this path? I think the biggest challenge that I had, and it's something that I have to be very cognizant of for my own personality and how I'm wired, is that I initially uh, tried to take this challenge on by myself. And I didn't really know a lot about farm animals. I didn't know much about running a farm. I didn't know much about running a nonprofit. I think, you know, you could probably have fit my knowledge of running a sanctuary and how to do that in a, in a teaspoon. It was almost non-existent. Um, and I think the most important lesson that I learned uh, early on was that you you have to develop a network and a community to help you in any endeavor um, that you intend to be effective on. And, and I feel like the sanctuary, when I think about the biggest inflection points of the sanctuary, it has been those times where I have 
looked externally for knowledge or I've reached out to someone to understand something or I've asked for help. Uh, the most important points of the sanctuary never began with, I did this. Uh, the most important moments in the sanctuary began with, we accomplished this or I asked for help or someone came in. Um, and I think that's a just a really important life lesson in general. Oh, that's a Huge. I mean, that's, I've noticed that even after interviewing a number of guests, there's just this common thread that keeps popping up, which is, I mean, everybody has their own stories. Everybody has their own successes. Everybody has maybe their own challenges, but there's always this one thing that pops up, which is they were willing to ask for help. They had a huge, not, a, I shouldn't say a huge, cause that would tell you that it might be numbers and numbers of people, but they had a community or a circle around them that was helping them do their best work. I love that. I mean, you know, I, I kind of go to this place of, you said you bought it when you were single. What was that like for when your now husband, when you guys were, you know, going through relationship and thinking like, Hey, that you're also taking this on too, right? <laughs> my, my husband actually married twice. He married me and then he married the sanctuary. <laughs> Right. I'm sure. What was, well, I'd love, I mean, I would love to hear like, what was sort of, how have you guys done some of this work together? Having been, this been a passion coming from you personally to now you all doing the work together. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, as, as I think about how we manage the farm, um, I, and I jokingly call him our, our most beloved farmhand and he has done, such an amazing job of helping, supporting, doing the labor um, in a way that you would think that this was one of his core passions as well. I mean, he certainly has a passion for animals. He, um, we both uh, keep a vegan diet. We very much believe in, in how animals should be treated. And that's a really important shared core value that we have. But, uh, I don't think I could have anticipated that I would be able to find a partner who would be willing to live this life to the depth that he does. Um, and with the commitment that he does, and it has really, as I look even across the other sanctuaries, even in our community, the, the sanctuaries that really flourish are the sanctuaries that have, that are run by kind of two people, usually partners um, who have devoted their lives to this work uh, because it really does take a strong complementary partnership to make this work possible. Well, there's, I mean, there's lots of lessons in that just, I mean, I think that is huge. You, I mean, is it safe to say that if you didn't have some of those common interests, it probably wouldn't be a relationship, right? It would be very challenging um, because we we essentially work where we live, and it's it's not necessarily a passion project. It is a lifestyle to live on the sanctuary and do this work. I mean, we're we're up at five to five 30 to take care of everyone. We, you know, put everybody to bed in the evening. We work on special projects together and it is important that we, and we both bring very different 
skill sets and approaches, which I also really appreciate about him. Yeah. Well, I think this is actually a really good transition because you just mentioned the fact that you live where you work. You're, you're living on the farm and doing this, but what people don't necessarily know without reading your bio and, and having, you know, listened to the introduction is that you work a full-time job outside of this. So this passion project, which by the way, is an incredibly big undertaking is your passion project, but you work full-time, but you know, um, Jen is a, an incredible sales leader. She's been in healthcare for some time now. That's how Jen and I met a few years ago. Um, so I just wonder, you know, as you're navigating both of those things among your other titles, right? How, how do you think about where your work as a sales leader has influenced or impacted how you operate the sanctuary and vice versa? How do you think about the sanctuary and how do you bring some of that work in as a sales leader? It has been such an important journey and I have really tried to be mindful on how these two worlds that seem so disparate actually overlap quite a bit. And as I think about how my day job as a sales leader influences how we run the sanctuary, um, we are very focused and intentional in the areas and the things that we choose to do on the sanctuary. And so, for example, there are sanctuaries that um, focus on uh, a narrow number of animals, or they may focus their work on rescue and sanctuary work, which is the difference between short-term rescue and adopting out, and then lifetime care in the sanctuary. And we've been very intentional in our focus and being very clear about what we're here to do. And that absolutely comes from my work professionally, where in any organization, sort of your quote unquote, go to market activities have to be very intentional and focused in order for you to be successful. And we have carried that into our sanctuary work. Um, as I think about how sanctuary work has informed my professional job, the list is endless. I mean, it teaches you <laughs> patience and fortitude and humility um, I think that as as we talked about kind of earlier in the discussion about being open to flexing on how you reach a goal, that has been a very important part of my professional life as well. And so as we think about what I do uh, as a sales leader, being able to look at the team and say, you know, there's, there's many ways that we can accomplish the goal. Let's find the way that's best for who we are as a team about what the organization needs. And let's find the path that's the most suitable um, to, to sort of meet everyone's needs and goals and to really uh, let go of my own ego and my own emotional investment in drive and sort of, be, be open and intentional about where something can take can take you because I think if I if I had driven the sanctuary originally in the direction that I had hoped I, I don't think it would 
have reached the potential that it has now. And what was that? I mean, I, I think this is a huge lesson for people in an, I mean, is how you take things that you're doing in your day to day, which, I mean, you could argue it's the day to day as a sales leader, it's the day to day as a sanctuary manager leader, but how do you, what, what was it that you thought it was going to be and how has that been different than what it is today? What I thought it was going to be, especially when I first thought, oh gosh, I'm going to have a pug farm and I'm going to rescue pugs is it's going to be this, you know, bucolic farm with dozens of pugs sort of prancing through it and that it would be a, a relatively straightforward and easy life. Uh, and what I find rescue work to be is it is, you know, it's almost like parenting. It is the toughest job that you will ever love. Um, this job, the work that we do on the sanctuary is the most fulfilling, um, soul fulfilling work that I have ever done. And at the same time, it breaks your heart. Um, it challenges you. It exhausts you. Um, you dig deeper than you ever thought was going to be possible um, to extend yourself in ways to be um, resilient, to be innovative, to be creative, to um, stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone than you, you ever thought possible. And there's there's sort of a a lesson in that for me to to just be open to ride the waves of the experience and to get what you can from that um and that those lessons don't always have to be lessons that you learn from success they don't have to be lessons that you learn from things going your way uh oftentimes the best uh, the best opportunities that we've had for growth on the sanctuary come out of the most troubling and difficult situations that we've encountered. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge lesson. You can learn so much more from your challenges and failures many times than you can from the incredible successes. I love that. Yes. Yeah. When people think about, you know, a passion or following their passion, you know, I, I couldn't help, but at least go to a point where I had been served up this thing in life, which, you know, someone said to me at one, at one time, and I know I've seen it posted before too, which is if you follow your passion and you make that your work, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And, and yet, you know, I see you working full time for an organization, but that you're also doing this. And I really think there is a message there because people, people are in jobs and many times, you know, jobs are about paying the bills so that you can have a livelihood so that you can do the things that you need to do to take care of your family, take care of yourself and so forth. And this whole idea of that they both have to be the same thing or it's not, you know, worthy. And I, I think you're an example of that, but I just wonder, does that, does that cross your mind from time to time? How do you you know, answer questions about that, about like, well, why are you working full time if you have this beautiful thing over here that you're really passionate about? I think, um, I think that's a great question. And, and as I think about how my work as a sales leader in insurance and, you know, 
founding and operating a sanctuary seem like very different ways of living, very different tasks, very different jobs. But as I think of who I am as a person and the things that feed me and give me energy and help me work from a place of strength, both roles meet those fundamental needs and wiring that I have. And I think that's the that's a, a real lesson as I think about like how do you show up as a whole person, both professionally and even a passion project or your personal life, if those two seem to be very at odds with each other. And and the most important advice I think I could give someone who's sort of feeling that way or finding their way in that is there are many ways to feed who you are as a person. And finding those places professionally are important and finding those things personally are equally, if not more important. And if you don't have a job where you feel like you are bringing your whole self and and working from a place of strength, then finding that passion project, uh, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, is is truly important for you. You have to feed your strengths and operate from a place of strength and energy in some facet of your life. Well, and I know you are continuing to feed this passion because although you talked about the farm that you live on in Seattle, would you talk a little bit about what's going on in Hawaii? Yes, I would love to. Um, We have been incredibly fortunate, uh, again, with my husband to open a, a sort of second sanctuary site on the big island of Hawaii. And that started when we first got married. I uh, ended up selling a property that I had had prior to being married. And I ended up purchasing a, a three acre parcel uh, outside of Volcanoes National Park. And we had an opportunity last summer to purchase an additional nine acres uh, adjacent to that property. And our goal is by the next three or so years to open up a second sanctuary site focused on especially dogs and cows uh, who suffer terribly on, on the big island. And it's It's just for me, an example of, again, bringing a level of intentionality to what you do and to understand and focus on where you want to make an impact. Yeah, it's incredible. I love that. And I can't wait to see even more, you know, pictures and and continue to follow you on some of that work. I, um, before we transition to what I ask all of my guests to share on this, I I did want to ask you this, which is, I know you have to have several stories from the sanctuary, but what rescue has been the most memorable for you? Um, I, I think the, the most, uh, memorable rescue that has happened recently is we, uh, ended up 
taking in uh, five hens from a situation that was sort of a, a partial neglect situation where um, an older woman in her 80s was uh, developing Alzheimer's and she was pathing to memory care. And she had a group of hens uh, sheltered and, and she was devastated to think that these hens that she had kept as pets were going to be potentially sent to someone's table um, or go up for auction for slaughter. And another sanctuary reached out to us and asked if we would be willing to take them in because we have a huge uh, area, a huge chicken coop that had been previously occupied by our ducks. And um, anybody that knows me knows that I am not a, a bird person. <laughs> <laughs> We have many mammals on the farm and I've, I've dipped my toe into bringing birds into the sanctuary. We have, uh, we have five ducks, but, uh, I have a, an odd sort of fear of birds. <laughs> I, do not well, it's not fun. I don't know. I'm, you're cracking me up. <laughs> if you would have told me two years ago, when I opened the sanctuary that we would have chickens on the sanctuary, I would have said, Oh gosh, you're crazy because I'm, I'm basically terrified of most birds, <laughs> but, um, but as, as I saw these, I saw pictures of these hens and I just thought, gosh, I can, I can stretch myself and we have space. We have capacity. Um, I, I, I need to be open to taking this on. And, um, if you ever want to meet the five most charismatic hens in the, the state of Washington, you can come up to the farm because the, the hens have absolutely stolen a place in my heart. Uh, and it's, it's just a lesson for me. And, and don't always count yourself out. Like we all have these just very odd preconceived notions of what we can or can't do of what we will or won't like. And I think I am, I continue to be surprised uh, every time I walk by the hens on the, the way to the house and I see them. I am so grateful that I overcame my fear of birds uh, to bring them onto the sanctuary. And we're actually through this summer, we're going to be building a much larger area uh, to house more hens and, and to rescue more because I, I, you know, being open to that and, and letting that in has, has created a whole new, uh, I think kind of work stream for us. Well, the story is great. I mean, why well, I, I love one, because you hear, you know, I think there's, there can be all kinds of thoughts around what are the rescues really like? And this was an example of someone who loved these pets, but could no longer truly care for them. And so this was a great opportunity to have them at a different home, but the personal growth experience for you, um, about which I would not have known that, that you had a fear of birds, but I think that's what's so beautiful about what you have created is this incredible place where not only can animals you know, have shelter and safety and cared for, but that you've learned so much. I, I do want though, one more thing before we go into the life lesson is your sanctuary is a great place, not only for animals, but you bring people to the farm. And I'd love for you just to touch on that before we go into this last part. Yeah, a, a hugely important part of what we do and what we intend to do on the sanctuary is to be a place 
not just where animals can come and recover and find respite, but we, we want the place, the sanctuary to be a place of connection and respite for people as well. And so we have been really um, methodical about partnering with other nonprofits like Vine Maple Place, which is a, a homeless shelter for single parents uh, in Maple Valley. Um, we work at times with at-risk youth in supporting them, especially those with mental health concerns, because it really it is important to us that this is a place of sanctuary for everyone who are struggling with things, who need to take a break, who need to experience something outside of the norm, and to find a place where they can have a sense of peace and recovery, um, just like our residents do. It continues to feed me to know the incredible work that you're doing. So, I mean, just a huge thank you for thank all you. Of that. I love that. Um, well, you know that I ask all of my guests to share a general life lesson um, mm -hmm. that has had an impact on you personally, and I'd love just to to give you a moment to do that. That's a great a great question. Um, as I think about what I've learned from the sanctuary, the the most important lesson is to just get started, and um, as we go through life you're you're never going to have the right time you're never going to have all the knowledge you're never going to have the the great network you're never going to have all the resources um but getting started and taking that first step puts you on the path to start building that momentum to getting where you need to go and to not talk yourself out of doing what you want to do, what you need to do um, to follow your passion, to be who you are, um, to chase a goal, to whatever it is you want to do in life. You, you just have to take that first step and get started. Well, I think that is a testament to who you are as a person. I, you know, you're an incredible leader. Um, you're doing incredible work in the community and, and it doesn't surprise me that that's sort of a, a mindset that you have, but I think it's an incredible lesson for everyone. And especially when people think, oh, that's, that's too much for me, or I can't do that. You know, even being reminded of how you got started, which was just thinking about something you were passionate about and going after it. Thank exactly. you. Thank I know you. that people are going to want to um, connect with you and they're going to want to see more information about the farm and what you're doing. So where can people find you or connect with you after this? Yeah. On social media, you can find us at the muddy pug. And so we're on Instagram. Uh, you can even find us on LinkedIn. Um, our website is muddypugfarm.org, where you can find information about all of our residents and the work that we do, uh, and even come out and visit us. We're also starting up our own podcast uh, called Be the Goat, which is lessons learned from a life and rescue. And we are going around profiling other sanctuary founders and operators for the lessons that they've learned from this work, which I have found in my own work are so translatable to life lessons, business lessons, uh, and we're excited to bring that out. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. I think it's great that you're, that you're doing that. Um, 
and sharing more about your experience because I know people can learn a ton from it. Thank you so much for joining me. It, this is this is definitely an example of somebody who's doing some really great, good things in the community. So thanks, Jen. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. 